Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport. With in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And we're rolling. Okay, let's stop before I get carried away. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Inside Try Show. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Try Show I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. If you have been listening over the last couple of weeks, you will know by now that I am going to be stopping the podcast very soon which means there are two interviews to come. So this week, and it's the one and only Laura Siddle, or Sid, who has been a massive supporter of the podcast since I started. And then there will be one more interview to come next week. It'll be episode 200, believe it or not. And that is with someone who has had a big influence on me in the world of triathlon, but also in life in general. So before we get onto the interview with Laura, Beth, you should 100% sign up to the Rock Wales for 2024. You said that the recent episode has made you want to do it. Thank you as well for the nice words about the podcast uh, and finishing. And same goes to you, Connor and Katie, Vicky, Holly, John, Heather, Debbie, thank you so much for the lovely sentiments and yeah, just some very nice words about how much you enjoy the podcast and how yeah, a few of you have said, oh no, what am I going to do on a Wednesday morning? What what company am I going to have? I I don't really know. There'll probably be something though. Well, you could always go and do what David said he was going to do, which is go all the way back to episode one. So there'll be another pretty much four years to keep you going. I mean, it's a possibility. Anyway, Abby, congratulations on completing Long Course Weekend Belgium. You said it was an epic experience. She said the swim was pretty silty, but 
okay it was in a harbour and so it was nice and sheltered apparently there were lots of big jellyfish but thankfully I was not aware you said the bike was beautiful it included going up the Kemmelberg which is 22% you said 100 metres of cobbles so I walked that bit it's fine Abby Lowry and I walked the cobbles in um, in the Pan-Celtic you said 180k is a long way we passed lots of war cemeteries and cycled through the Menin Gate. That's such a cool, that's really cool. Really, really cool. The run was flat along canals. She said, I got a really lovely PB. It was so well organised, friendly, and I would really recommend the long course weekend experience. David, you were on marshalling duties for a local aquathlon. You said it was brilliant to see so many kids doing it, but judging by the tears at the end, I'm not sure they all enjoyed it. Dan, you said I had a restful weekend, just park run in the sunshine. Nice. And Jessica, yay, this one's great news. She said I did my first bike ride since breaking both wrists earlier on in the summer. And then I was cake manager for the junior stall at the award winning Ilkley Triathlon. Time for this week's interview. So Laura Siddle has been a professional triathlete since 2013. She's a multiple Ironman champion and although she comes from Great Britain, she actually lives and trains abroad. So she spent a lot of time in the USA, in New Zealand and of course in Girona in Spain. There's a nice episode actually about you know, behind the scenes in Girona with Sid earlier on. Go back, have a look in the archive. Anyway, at the age of 42, Laura finished twice in the top 10 at the Ironman World Championships. That was in 2022, because of course there were two races. In 2023, Laura felt fitter than ever, but then she had an accident during the bike leg at Ironman Brazil. That resulted in a head injury And in this interview, we talk about that at the beginning, the first half, really. And it's fascinating to hear the impact that it has had on Laura. We also chat loads about how we got to know each other. Laura obviously turns the tables on me. Very well done, Laura. And she asks me some questions as well. So, yeah, friend, an amazing person and someone who always gives back. Here is Laura Siddle. Sid, for the last time, how's it going? I know, Helen. I'm like excited and sad at the same time. Hang on, it's Friday night though. I, I feel like you should have a beer or a wine or a gin and tonic with you. I can't quite. Well, I could do that. It's not quite lunchtime here, but yeah. That'll, it'll be downstairs, wait, waiting, downstairs. waiting for me with dinner. So like if we go on too yeah. long, you're going to hear my stomach rumbling. So that's true. I'll see the wind up signals. <laughs> I'll be like, come on, come on, stop talking now. Um, Which is always, ha- always dangerous with both of us. Oh, going on. I know. And like, I know. It feels like I haven't caught off for ages. So exciting. It's, well, yeah. it, it has been quite a while. Um, It's been flipping ages. Um, Sid, how, how have you been? It's been like a bit of a poof year. Yeah, this year has been a bit of a a bit of an odd one for me I feel I've been in like a a void of a I don't know a time warp since end of May Mm. um and the season's just kind of passing me by um but I'm doing all right I'm getting I'm getting better so that's the that's the main thing just recovery is taking so I don't know for for people I had a I was um racing Ironman Brazil um at the end of May and unfortunately during the bike leg of the race I was hit by a car um on the race course I don't remember anything of it still don't remember anything of it um fortunately I, I remember I have an I have an image I have a memory just before it happened 
And then the next thing is when I thought I woke up, but apparently I had been sort of conscious a little bit before then, but maybe not making sense. But when I was aware of becoming conscious, I knew exactly where I was. I knew, you know, I was in a race, I was in Brazil, et cetera, et cetera. So no, apart from just not this big black void of what happened, which is probably a good thing. I think that's mm-hmm. your body kind of protecting you. Um, and luckily, you know, nothing broken, just some road rash and that sort of thing. But <clears throat> I did go end up in, obviously they took me to hospital um, and I'd had a, the CT scans showed that I had a brain bleed um so I had to stay it overnight um but was released ejected what's the word uh discharged <laughs> discharged that's the one discharge there you go I'm gonna blame that on a um um the one good well the one good thing is like when you have a brain injury you can just blame or blame all your blondness and your uh not being able to find the words on the fact that your brain doesn't work properly anymore um I was discharged the next day and I was able to fly back to Boulder, which was great the following day um, and had further scans and stuff like that. And everyone said at the time, you know, we obviously then had to take a huge step back. So I was literally doing nothing like I was able to go for walks, but they were sort of meant to be limited. No, you know, no screen time, um, no real exercise, no, no nothing. Like literally just went from, you know, you've done 30 hours a week of training for the last few weeks leading into a race you're at the fittest you've been which I probably didn't realize at the time either or appreciate what shape I was in um and you've gone to this race and then you've come out with kind of like nothing to show for it and you've got now literally like zero exercise and I don't think I've ever done zero exercise in my life like even in like an off-season break you don't do nothing um and so, yeah, so I had to like take a step back and really obviously take it super easy with a brain injury. But, you know, and people kept saying, oh, this, you know, it's it's months recovery. But and I don't think I really believe them because it's like it's it's hard. And I, I didn't have horrific symptoms either. Like I wasn't sensitive to light noise. I was getting a bit headachey, but nothing huge like more that just tiredness and stuff like that yes my body felt like it had been hit by a truck like a few days later um you kind of had obviously um but just from an achy perspective and then with travel and stuff but because there's nothing physically to show like you haven't got a broken bone or anything like that it's it's hard to know like when people are saying oh this recovery is going to take you months and I'm like well how it can't be that bad surely kind of thing or yeah you know, it's six weeks for a break, but this nothing's broken as such. And so, and the thing that's been interesting, it's like still that there's nothing, one, it's hard because no one can see it. Two, it's very different for everybody. Like everyone suffer, like has different effects. And because I think I didn't have huge symptoms at the start, but we did take it really carefully but it just feels like it's just ling- like you almost want, and I don't wish this on anyone. If you have a broken shoulder or a broken arm, it's broken at the start. You know what you can and can't do, but you know, like at six weeks, eight, whatever it is, it gets better. Whereas this, because I didn't think things were too bad at the start. I was like, oh, this is fine. Then the people are saying it takes this long to get back, but I'm not really suffering. It's not super bad at the moment. So it'll be quicker, but it's just lingered. Yeah. 
if that makes sense so and, and things that so things that you don't realize like fatigue is so different like the the impact and the effect of fatigue that I've you know sessions that as we started building back into things but you know just doing a session but feeling like I've been hit by a bus and having to nap and stuff which I've never been good at but never had to do and just the up and down of you think you're turning a corner and then it's like the next day it's like oh wow this is not and part of that obviously is you know I had five six weeks of nothing so and and like I said I've never done that so you're building back fitness from a ground zero perspective which I've never had to do Two, I'm a little bit older as well. And that's the other thing. I'm a female. I'm 42. My hormones are all over the fucking place. Like, you know, who knows what's going on there? Um, so there's that added into it as well. Um, I, I go a t- tangent, like they're doing, I go to see the doctor when I got back here and they're doing like the concussion tests mm. and they're like, you know, are you sleeping more than normal? And I'm like, well, yes, because I'm not allowed to do anything else and you've told me to rest. So yes, of course, like I'm kind of like sleep, like in the day I wasn't sleeping well at night, but, um, and then it's like, um, are you more emotional than normal? And I'm like, yes, I'm a 42 year old female, probably going probably through menopausal. Like, of course I'm more emotional than usual. I've also just had a traumatic injury kind of thing. Are you more irritable than usual? Yes. Stop fucking asking me questions. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and you're like, oh yeah, well, this is kind of like, um, so yeah so so fatigue has been one that's been very different to manage and again I would say like emotions all over the place now again I don't know whether that's part age female part head injury um I do get like and now and it's really hard like because obviously I let let the ball drop on a lot of stuff I would normally do outside of sport because it was time on laptop and stuff like that And then you feel like you, as again, because there's nothing really wrong with you from a physical perspective, it feels. You feel you should be getting back into that. But I just find like I, I, I couldn't concentrate. Like I didn't have the motivation to do stuff. I couldn't, I still can't really spend. I, I definitely know now I, I am still, I am still spending too much time back on screens because I still get then again, it's not super headachey, like, and I wouldn't say it's a migraine perspective. And I, I really feel for people that do suffer like that, but I get kind of different throbbing sensations in my head during exercise or during just the day. Um, I don't sleep. I'm not sleeping particularly well at night. Again, I don't know whether that's impact, you know, again, that they've had like other things, which again, it's baby part hormones. So and then it's just taken a lot longer to get back than I expected. And like, I still feel I'm struggling a little bit with that. Sorry, that's a very long monologue. No. And there's a whole bit I've missed out about racing and stuff oh, well, like that. But yeah, it's, it's that, it, yeah. a lot of the stuff that you're describing. And I'm not, I am not putting this in the same box at all. I'm really not. But like the work I do, in cancer and exercise oh rehab. gosh I wouldn't even compare myself no no, no I'm not yeah, I'm not at yeah. all but just like yeah. that fatigue that like mm. one day you can feel okay and then the next day you don't feel okay and then like they're not sleeping at night and yeah. just so much and having to go like back from you know z- zero zero fitness yeah. to try to build back up like it's it just puts stuff into perspective again that <laughs> like that fitness that and that 
health that mm. when everything is you know fine and dandy we generally do take for granted yeah and the hard thing is like you know when you're coming back from you know this is trivial we're talking about fitness like and health mm. it's not anything huge but when you're coming back or trying to build fitness and health like of course you get tired like you know that's what training is about you know and mm. and I can almost hear training partners and colleagues just going like oh just fucking get on with it like we're all tired we're all going through this like this is just training but it's really hard to describe it because it's, it's a different like, fatigue it's not it's the same different, thing different but I, you can't see it and I can't tell you and you just think I'm being dramatic or pathetic or, or whatever it is or or a 42 year old emotional female <laughs> Do you know what I mean like it's it's that's almost been the hardest thing of just you know you almost kind of want to walk around on crutches or something like that yeah because then people will think oh there's a reason that she yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and you almost feel and I have to be careful how I say this because it it, it's hard like I almost feel stupid saying I've got a brain injury Mm. if that makes sense like you feel are people then going to treat you differently or look at you differently and and then I say, I, I then reflect back going, gosh, for people that actually do live their whole life with a brain condition or whatever it is, you know, like, is that how they feel? And like, mm. I'm nowhere near that, but that's like just saying to people, oh yeah, I've, I've got a, got a brain injury or had a brain injury. I'm like, do they think I'm stupid now? Kind of like it's, and that's a horrible thing to feel and think and something totally totally foreign and one of those and and it but it's as you say it's like people people cannot see it and then people so then people don't get it yeah and that's is it has it said as it has it kind of made you think oh my god I so want to get back to that fitness Is, is it kind of giving you a different sort of perspective on stuff um yeah so it, it really interesting again like the different phases you go through so I remember the first session back of like swimming well the first session back of swimming was fucking surreal oh, like was it awful I it, it wasn't just awful it felt like an out-of-body experience wow yeah it was quite freaky like quite disturbing like it it, again really hard to describe but I just didn't feel like I was in the like and I didn't I wasn't doing flip turns to start with I had pretty much every toy on you can know like holding me up the lifeguards were there (laughs) um but it was this out of body experience where I did not feel like I was in the water connected with the water anything and yeah, by the by the end of it, I was I, I was doing some flip turns and I didn't have any head injuries, so that was fine. And then the second session back was almost then worlds apart, different. And yes, then obviously you just feel awful with fitness and stuff like that. But but do you know what? Those first few sessions back of the of swimming and the first time I got to run again outside and all that was just this pure elation. And I didn't care how fast or slow I was going. It was those endorphins of thankfulness gratefulness of just like this is fucking unreal I don't care I'm just happy and you kind of want to hold on to that 
but it very quickly disappears to then going back to that comparison of, oh, I used to run this. I used to be doing this. I want to be running, you know, faster or riding faster or why, when are we going to, when is the bike fitness going to come? When am I going to feel better? You know, that sort of thing. So that's been interesting to kind of like that just euphoria about being grateful to be able to do something and run again or ride your bike outside again or go swimming you try and hold on to that but it does get a little bit skewed with that back to being that competitive or I want better and rather than being just present in the moment of going actually your career and life was very nearly over you just need to be grateful that one day is better than yesterday Mm. um so there's that feeling um the other bit I'd say is I don't and I flip a little bit with this. I don't have a huge, I think because I can't remember the incident. And again, that whole in Brazil was quite kind of a surreal thing. And, you know, I was in hospital. I didn't have a phone. I couldn't contact anybody, you know, to say, you know, by the time I got my phone, which was like, you know, 12 hours later after the, after what happened and it, you know, turned it on and, a you know, bing, 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 bing of messages and managed to obviously speak to parents and my sister which was nighttime there so they'd like had a whole day in tonight not knowing where I was what was happening and obviously coach and stuff like that but I don't have any anger I have frustration that's that was taken away from me yeah and like this year has been and I don't know if I will ever get back again Mm -hmm. and that's you can see now like that but it's not anger like yeah the a driver hit me he didn't I don't think he saw me like I don't think it was you know it wasn't an intentional thing it wasn't aggressive I don't think anything has happened you know I'm pretty sure he hasn't been charged or anything like that it's not that is what it is like there's no point I can't and, and probably because I don't really remember it and was, you know, when you come round from that situation, you're kind of fairly dazed, obviously. There's no anger associated with it, but there is at times and you see like a lot of emotion and frustration that I was in such a good place. Again, probably didn't realise it till afterwards, had an opportunity to show at that race and never had that. And now just like... I can't race again. Like I've missed out, you know, you know, and then if you, you obviously health comes first, but if I look from a financial perspective as well, like this is my job, this is my career. I can't earn. I've, you know, medical bills, bike bills, all that sort of stuff. And, and then that flips around to as well. Like I'd like to go out on my terms. So you know, I'd like to get back to at least be on a start line and race, but I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to fitness health again that I had before, but I'd like to try. And I think, you know, I was meant to race Challenge Roth as well this year. And, you know, everyone knows that's kind of like a favorite race of mine. And Obviously, you know, wasn't in a position to race after the accident, but the team, 
very kindly um, welcomed me over to the race. So I was able to go over and work, which was amazing. And that made me realize that, yeah, that was another realization that, yeah, I need to get back at least one, like one more time sort of thing. Um, And whatever that looks like now, again, that's going to be hard because if I do get back on a start line, like the chances are I'm still, it's not going to be at the level I want, at the level I was. Um, But I've just got to be grateful for the, or thankful for the fact that I can hopefully get back to it, to some level um, rather than, you know, and again, I know I was incredibly lucky and we've seen so many accidents with bikes and cars and all this stuff in the last few weeks and months where people aren't so lucky or their injuries are different. So I know that from my perspective, it was, I was kind of lucky. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it's the perspective changes, but it sort of, it keeps changing if that makes sense. Yep. And then, but yeah, I think I would, I'd like to go out on, I think that's the other hard thing. Like I am at the the nearing the end of career age-wise. I had a great year last year. I kind of wanted to build on that. We had a great lead up into Brazil. Again, I probably didn't realize how good that was in until then, you know, you don't get that chance to show and it's taken away. And I don't have as many years left as such, you know, yes, although... Jan Fadino, Annie Hauger, like crushing it still. Meredith Kessler just came second in Tromblant, which was amazing. Um, you know, crushing it for the for the older athletes, I would say. But then, like, yeah, and a bit like with COVID, like so many of us, you know, we lost that those years. And I feel like then this year, when you're nearing the end of your career anyway, to then lose it in some way that's not within your control is yeah it is difficult at times but like I said you just got to be like it could have been a lot worse like the people that found me unconscious on the road thought the worst um so and it wasn't and I was kind of like I said lucky that there was nothing else going on so yeah I feel quite I feel quite emotional listening to, to you talk. No, I do. And it was meant to be emotional for you on in other ways on this no, episode. I'm gonna, not I'm gonna do that. No, we don't need to do that. But that was my plan. <laughs> but like one massive, massive thing, which you know, you have always been so like so so honest. You're so honest. Yeah. It's really hard, like, we talk, you know, we were joking a little bit off air as well about social media on other topics. Um, Because there's this balance of, like, well, one, like, the first few weeks I wasn't in a position to put anything, like, I wasn't meant to be looking at screens or anything like that anyway. And then, you know, you get people going, oh, you should be sharing your story back and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't concentrate on day-to-day let alone think about doing something. And I don't have a photographer following me around. I don't have X, Y, and Z. I don't have someone thinking for me at the moment, like, which would be really nice because I can't. Um, And then the flip side of that is like, 
I don't know how much I do want to share yeah. like on social medias and actually that's because of the perception of social media and sharing and oversharing that's kind of another conscious thought of like do people really want to hear about this or is it just going to be like oh she needs to get on with this it's you know there's much worse issues and you know people are suffering a lot worse like get over yourself sort of thing again with because of all those reasons like you can't see it it doesn't look like don't look physically any different so that, well actually the <laughs> the um uh she looks Lawrence like a monster Link- by the way she actually yeah, looks yeah. like no one, yeah, no one can well, see what she looks like she no looks like see. a monster it's um, terrifying i've had to turn <laughs> the camera off <laughs> so um i would say I, I have had a great team obviously julie dibbins my coach has been amazing um i couldn't drive for the first week or first couple of weeks so obviously arriving back in brazil my car's at the airport so she basically was kindly sort of taxi driver around and would pick me up and taking to set take me to set not that I would do the sessions but just take me to get out the house and and stuff like that and just been was super supportive and then obviously um a couple of other people and one of those is a a guy called Lawrence Van Lingden who is I don't even know he's a movement specialist he's just been amazing and fortunately he just moved to Boulder so I'd worked with him a few times when he lived in California but he just moved to Boulder and he I went in to see him after I got back from Brazil and he did this really crazy stuff like with my head like almost putting his hands in my mouth to realign stuff up my nose all of this and he said afterwards he's like I mean it was amazing and he did stuff afterwards he said well at least you look a little bit better after this session because when you first came in your eyes were like skewed and all this which I didn't even like I wouldn't have realized but obviously with the movement that happens yeah. in getting impacted he could see it and he could see like the body was just like not in a line and stuff like that so um yeah so about but anyway going back to it's been hard to know and I haven't been posted huge amounts of late like just because it's hard to know yeah what to share what to not share one thing I would say Sid is that um I don't know, hearing you actually speak clearly, I can see you, I've got the camera on, like I'm only joking. <laughs> but, you know, I I I can see your face as you're talking to me, but actually I can hear your voice and other people can hear your voice. And I think being able to hear someone's voice is, is pretty different, actually, to reading it on, you know, a quick, like, oh, yeah, I'll just read that for a minute. I feel like you saying all that has had more of an impact on me than you know waking up and first thing I do might be look at Instagram and kind of go oh Sid's having a bit of a shit time of it but not like actually hearing it has had a much bigger impact that's just that's yeah that's me it might be very very different for other people who might spend longer than a minute kind of reading you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's all good Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Anyway, you Come on. No, well, I was going to say this. <laughs> I was going to say, that'd be like a bit of a game of football, like a podcast of two halves. Um, the You actually turned pro at a similar time that I started doing triathlon podcasting. 2014. On the other, on the other podcast? Yes. Was that yeah. right? Was that yes. at the same time? Actually, I actually think that was. Yeah. Was that very similar to them when, when we first met and first chatted then? So I... I first meeting was that when you came to our house and you came and, and you came to nuts for tri club but i must i'm pretty but we must have met through the podcast i think first oh, we met through the podcast i would have yeah, had you on but then, yeah, yes yeah. yes but then yes first time we met with and i just only gonna say as well i'm <laughs> looking after two for a friend's two dogs at the moment and <laughs> archie is being very well behaved bit, he's been quite well behaved he's a little bit special though um he's trying to like a lot you. of attention he keeps jumping up every now and again. Lucy is, she's taken herself off. She's just probably digging in the garden somewhere. Anyway, um, yes. So, yeah, I think I did. I came up to Nutsford. Did I come up twice in the end, I think? Twice. She came to Nutsford Tri yeah. Club twice. And the first yeah. time there was like a little group. And then the second time yeah. you came, there was a massive group. We had to go <laughs> into like a big hall in the letter. We had all these randoms coming. Like, was that when we were doing like the, we did like a core session and stuff like that at night. Like, fighting yeah. on swiss balls and things like that yeah yeah i remember it was good yeah i think that was the first time yeah i really yeah. enjoyed those sessions yeah they were great but again yeah. it goes back to like your honesty but also i do think that you you have like a heart of gold and you always do stuff for like you always do stuff for other people oh um well thank you i mean <laughs> um yeah i I, again um I just love it and I don't know whether it's the whole treat others how you want to be treated yourself or actually someone said to me um it's not necessarily treat others how you want to be treated it's actually just treat others how they want to be treated sort of thing it, it's that kind of which that goes down another conversation but um yeah I've always just enjoyed giving giving back or whatever you know I realize that I've been incredibly lucky to choose to do sport as a career um but I'm not saving the world through medicine through even you know the work that you do with the move charity kind of thing that's like another level like no one's gonna for all the athletes in the world disappeared tomorrow like the world is still going to go on but if the doctors and all that disappeared then we'll be in trouble and so I think I've always just enjoyed trying to yeah engage you know I came up as an age grouper I've done sport all my life I've seen so many positives through being sporting active at, active at whatever level that I just get a buzz from then if I can help other people see have that not necessarily the same the same opportunities the same experiences because it's got to be different and individual to everybody and like I said everyone's at a different level I don't care that no you know I'm not trying to say everyone has to be aspirational to be 
yeah. a professional let's just be the best that you can be kind of thing and whatever that is you're doing um and I think just like triathlon is such a community sport um that I've always loved engaging with you know the, the, the locals and you know I've been again like lucky as I've it doesn't happen so much nowadays but you know when I first started as professional you'd go to a race and a lot of your accommodation with, with was with a homestay and mm. so you'd meet a local family they were more often than likely you know connected with the local tri club you'd get to see other things um why doesn't I mean, it happen think, as much Sid? just because of airbnb well, and stuff like that yeah I think there's a few things I think Airbnb I think COVID probably didn't help with things mm. and then I think and I would say Touchwood I was always incredibly lucky with the experiences that I had with homestays um but I know not everyone was necessarily and I think maybe just times have changed and maybe there isn't that volunteer community as wide or broad, broadly available and maybe yeah. people do prefer now I think, you know, um, some of the race organizers have changed and they have maybe partnerships with hotels and stuff like that where they can and maybe athletes prefer that rather than staying with. You know, I'd say one of the races that's still very big on homestays is Challenge Roth. Like, you know, I've been with my homestay now for, gosh, seven years. I went to her son's, you know, their son's graduation. He always comes home. He's now at uni. He comes home from uni like he had his appendix out one year when I raced and visited him hospital kind of thing. Like, you know, the, and if I ever thought about staying anywhere else, she would, you know, they came to visit me in Girona, you know, when they were on holiday in France sort of thing, you know, there's, there's being, you know, you develop these friends and relationships through, through that. So, and that's kind of one of the things that's pretty, um, but you know, let's say like the same with you on the pod, like how many through podcasting yeah, and the last what are we at 197 98 99 episodes whatever it is yeah and over the last few years like how many then connections and friends have you and let's say through move charity and what you've been doing that you've then gone off and like cycled across wherever Brittany and the yeah exactly exactly like done came out to visit in you know spend a week in Spain kind of thing like those those opportunities through sport I mean that when you look back like good turning by the way do you value and and see that I'm learning I'm learning well done (laughs) (laughs) very nicely done very smooth (laughs) so don't avoid it now yeah like what yeah totally like that honestly that is one of one of the best things that has come out of all the podcasting that you know I have done over the last nine years and that is um yeah like the friendships you know I if it weren't for triathlon let's go like very very big oh my god if it weren't for triathlon well you might hear more like in an episode (laughs) or two about that but you know I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have met you at all I wouldn't have spent time in Girona with you like we wouldn't have come and you know like the random things Sid like um in Tembi, I remember meeting like your family in, in the coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, in Wales. Yeah, gin afterwards. Exactly, and then yeah. like coming to crew for you at the hundred mile like TT. Time trial. Yes. Yeah. Like so much, so much stuff, and just people who, to be honest, I've never even met, never even met, but I know that they 
enjoy the podcast and listen you know every week yeah so. like some of that because you I mean you 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 went to go cycling and do your cycling adventures but yeah. yeah did you think like through some of the the people you've met or been inspired by you would have done some of the things you have done over the past few years yeah oh I mean I was definitely like, I, I, I guess some things like little rabbit holes you might go down something because someone mentioned something and then you're like oh that would be good so like when Rich and I first started doing like the long distance cycling thing or you know cycling from north to south or something I think that was because we had come across a blog and I think we wanted to go mm. cycling in Italy so probably not to do with the podcast but I remember speaking to Holly who had pack rafted her way up the Scottish coast that was like went out a couple of summers ago and you know when we went on holiday to Montenegro last year I really wanted to go sea kayaking and that, or yeah, sea kayaking wasn't an option for the time that we had. But basically we were, you know, the people said, oh, well, what about pack rafting? And I thought, well, Holly had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, what do you reckon about pack rafting? Um, so stuff like that, clearly the Pan-Celtic, you know, I, I wouldn't have done that without the, without the podcast. Cause I don't think I would have, I just, I'm just not sure if I would have kind of known more about that race thing rather than going and having fun and kind of going from A to B with Rich. Um, and then, yeah, like Highland Ultra, again, I would never, ever have done that without without the podcast. Not at all. No way. No yeah. way. Uh, is there anything that you regret doing from through the podcast and going, oh, that was a bad thing, shouldn't have done that? Uh, not that I can think of at the top of my head I don't think so no that's pretty good no no I'm no I really I can't think of anything that I've regretted doing um what have your highlights been because I was thinking about this actually in 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 that like period so far I mean there could be many so let's go like two or three your highlights actually from from turning pro so from that turning pro yeah yeah oh gosh not three um, podcasting. Not, not as I was say, not relating to our po- the, the podcasting and stuff like that. We can come back to um, that. I, I have a favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's I, actually. So I had the I've got those questions lined up for you, but we'll come back oh, to that. Um, okay. Highlighting. So, oh gosh, where do you start? I mean, definitely like first Ironman win or first race win, professional win. I think actually my very first professional win was um, Challenge Poznan in Poland. It was the week after Challenge Roth. And um, had nobody there that knew me. Um, there was no finishes tape. It was done in conjunction with the European Long Course Championships or something like that. So the half distance race was just mixed in. So they didn't even know when I crossed the line that I'd won the race. Like it was the most anticlimactic, like this is my first pro win ever, like no finish tape, no nothing. They didn't even kind of like announce me across the line. Um that was amusing but no like first let's say first yeah first winning Ironman Australia I think was like the first win and I'd had so many second places leading into that race um and then you know I I think all the wins that you have like because you don't take from the granted take them for granted so going back and I'm sure I've said this before you know going back and to Australia the year later as defending champion is a huge honor being able to wear the number one bib which we don't get that often as a women was 
was incredible and then winning again defending um or as actually someone else said um attacking champion they like to say not defending champion I like attacking that. champion i like that as well and then i i definitely say like the three peat iron man australia being able to go back for a third year the memories of that race you know being pitted against caroline stefan one of the greatest of the sport she lived in port macquarie then so it was like the local her her partner was the commentator so you always kind of so it's a little bit controversial there um and you know the probably you know one of one of the most be- the best race experience running stride for stride with caroline for like five to ten k just you know pinching myself going what what is this about and coming away with the win so they're definitely those three highlights you know obviously winning ironman new zealand because i've spent so much time there is incredibly special um I'm hoping to, I haven't been back there since pre-pandemic and hoping to get back there. Yeah. At the beginning, I'm sure my friend wants me to get back there because she's still got, she's still looking after all my, all my shit that Sid left. Um, I did want to ask her, she said, are you like, do you feel pretty settled in the US? Like how, how, you know, I know you lived in, in obviously Australia for a long period of time and you've lived obviously in Spain and you've lived in New Zealand. How, you've lived in the UK a little bit. How's life in the US compared to the others? Yeah, so I still have an apartment at the moment in Spain, which is financially crippling me with having to also pay for an apartment in Boulder, which is not not cheap. Um, and I'm not quite ready to um, cut the ties with Spain. I do miss it a lot. It's an incredible place. The community there is so, so special. Um, but do you know what's been quite nice about being so I've rent I rented a place here in Boulder but I rented it unfurnished it's the first time I've bought stuff for my own place since I moved to Australia in 2007 2008 and you know then like home and so it feels it's been really it's such a nice feeling to you know I love Spain but it's a rented apartment and it's fully furnished and it's was built for short-term lease, you know, holiday leases. So it's not, it's not mine. So having the place in Boulder is nice from that fact of being able to buy my own stuff, like and buy a car and stuff like that and feel, I guess, feel settled from that perspective. Um, But yeah, I do miss, I do miss Spain and the community there a lot. So yeah. The other highlight was probably last year with the two top tens it uh, the both world championships in St George and then Kona yeah especially as you know as you said sort of uh, as you're getting towards the what is stereotypically the end of your career in terms of age and stuff even though because I didn't start the sport till so late I still feel fairly new into it but yeah having you know seventh in St George at the world champs and then you know backing up with a 10th in Kona which I just never would have ever thought I would be able to do was yeah I'd say that was kind of and that definitely has to be up there as well amazing amazing yeah. so one of my favorite episodes doing with you actually said was the DNF one. Oh yes yeah 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 that was one of the one of the favorite ones that yeah. I've done with you yeah because that was after, that was after yeah your race in that was Wales wasn't it yeah not not yeah. not you DNFing yeah, that well, was me DNFing yeah, yeah, yeah. at Lakesman just because um Oh, I think it helped loads of people. Yeah. Because people don't yeah, really talk about DNFs. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. And it's it's really hard. Like, I mean, 
for me, we can go down, we don't want to go down that topic specifically, but like the only, the DNF I've had is, was May. And like I had the opportunity, so I was down to race Ironman Mont Blanc because that's the last qualifier for the Ironman World Championships. But we're just kind of like chasing fitness to get there. And it was always going to be, you know, a full distance, as most people know, is a slog of a day, even if you're 100% fit. And when you're coming off the back of, yeah, injury and all the fatigue and training. And we kind of got to a place where my coach, Julie Dibbins, was like, yeah, I think you can do it and you can finish and you might actually stand a chance at getting a slot but it's going to be a slog of a day and are you prepared to put yourself through that and have you mentally recovered enough to be able to push when your body might not be responding how you want and how you're used to and one of the things that came in to me and this is not again I don't want this to come around along the around the wrong way but it was just like you know, I'd have to have set the scene to be like, it would be okay for me to pull out of this race if I wasn't feeling great. And I wasn't sure whether that I was in the right place to be able to do that or whether I'd want to battle through and then the subsequent consequences of that as well. Um, and just from a health perspective of going, actually, you know, yes, you might get through this, but is it worth the risk when you're not, you're still managing symptoms, and you're not 100% and um, anyway, it, a little bit on that that DNF, but well, I, I, I'm interested. Like out of the all the other episodes, and this is where I don't know if you're going to be able to do this because you're far too nice a person. Um, favorite episodes? Oh, I know you see, it's too hard. I, know, I really, exactly. I, I really, really struggle with that. Yeah. Um, or top five? You do a top five. I mean, Fiona Colbinger would be up there. Yeah. Um, so winner of the transcontinental race, definitely up there. Um. I really liked interviewing Hannah Grant, the performance chef, just because yeah. I think she, she, I just don't think I'd really interviewed anyone quite so badass before in my life. Um, so I loved, loved her. Someone like Dee Dee Griesbauer, I yeah. had a lot of, I just think, what a woman, what a woman, mm. basically. Um, yeah, so there'd be rad. three off like the top of my head that I've, that I've very much, enjoyed um i don't know if i answer the same question with um someone else might have said something else but anyway you can have those three <laughs> all right so then this is a question that's even this is a question that's even harder yeah and i know you probably won't say anything because you're again like i said you're far too nice out of the podcast can you are there, were there any that were like oh gosh this isn't working this is really tough to actually get a question like get a response from somebody or just like i this just isn't like they clearly not yeah so that'd be yeah. um sister madonna buda was really hard she was yeah. really really hard um well i found that very difficult not because she was hating it at all um but i had to work very hard to get stuff out of her um but it, it was a total privilege to to actually yeah. interview her but I had to really, really work hard. Then I'd say there'd be uh, maybe a couple of pros who've perhaps never done interviews before. So, but I love that. I can then actually give them an opportunity to do an interview. Um, and, you know, this is the beauty of editing. I can probably edit it to make it sound even like better than perhaps it came across to me. 
and you possibly wouldn't know um and then there's there'd be like one or two and I'm as you can tell I'm not exactly naming names here and I I don't I don't intend to but (laughs) there's um there was uh one male pro who I just thought he literally couldn't give a couldn't give a shit about this Come on, name. Let's name it. <laughs> name and shame. Let's go down one of those other podcast routes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe, I maybe he could. You maybe he could. Yeah, yeah. But I just, yeah. I was thinking at the time, he's like, oh. but you know what? And you might have some thoughts on this, Sid. I think that is one thing that is completely different. So nine years ago, you could get most people on the podcast and mm. you really could because there weren't many others at that time. And now I think it's, yeah. What what is in it? What's in it for people? Do you think that's like, I mean, over those nine years, then like, have you you've seen how have you seen the sport change for the the better or the worse, and how have you seen? I want to ask. I want to ask change. you this question as well. <laughs> I got, no, I got honestly, in first. yeah, I got no, in that's first. fine. And then I'm gonna go. Yeah. And what about you? Because it yeah. is. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I want to ask you this. So. Yeah, I just think through podcasting, this is like at the beginning, um, there weren't, there weren't. It was a really good outlet for people to to do stuff. Um, whereas now, I don't think I. There are so many podcasts, so many podcasts, and there are loads of YouTube channels. Um there's Instagram like people were probably still writing blogs at the when we were right you know asking oh do you want to come on like you know their email address would be on their website uh and it was pretty easy to to get in touch with with most people let's put it that way there'd be a few that you know never gonna get on and uh I never will get on and like you know that's fine um it's you can see that it, there is almost this extra air and level of professionalism within the sport. One thing which I do wonder is is that gap between you know like one thing which makes triathlon so special compared to a lot of other sports is you are literally on the same start line as you know a professional. So okay, tennis you can all be you know hitting the ball, but I'm never going to play on centre court just straight after. Um, Andy Murray, am I? Um, whereas with triathlon, you, you, you could try, but you I might could get try. I mean, I know I well. could, I could, uh, I could ask Judy, couldn't I? Say, hey, Judy, you gave me, you gave me your, uh, you know, the family shortbread recipe. Yeah. Can I come and play mixed doubles with Andy? Exactly. That'd be pretty good. Um, but no. Whereas with triathlon, like there is that closeness, or there has yeah. been, and I do think that gap is growing and the professionalism of triathlon um yeah is I, I I don't know I might be wrong I think it's going to kind of take it away yeah it's a really interesting one that because yeah our sport has had that great environment where you are on the start line with the pros and the age group is all racing together you know but and, and particularly you know by the time you come to the run you're all on the same you know, often if it's not your day, you're walking next to, you know, you yeah. know, I think of the iconic images in, you know, of Jan walking or, you know, I'd say Meredith or some of the greats walking to still honour and respect the race and finish, but they're walking with 
side by side with an age grouper. Um, and that's an incredibly unique experience. But as you say, if you look at every other sport that's professional, it doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Exactly. Maybe, maybe the maybe the mar- maybe marathon running is probably the only one. But the elites have and the elites have a separate wave. But you're probably never going to have that overlap. No. Of with age groupers. Um, and so then you come to the argument, or not the argument, the discussion of if we want to take the sport forward and grow it as and be truly recognised professionally. Are we going to have to sever that tie, or and it's not sever that tie, but we're going to have to lose that aspect because the professionals need to have their own race on their Absolutely. own day that's not affected, and it's it's kind of a really hard one because I think like in your heart, yeah, you want it, you want it to continue. You love, yeah, the racing on the same day as the age groupers and those stories and interactions, but in my head at times it's like, but for, you know, and particularly again, I, you know, a little bit on a soapbox, particularly for the women because their race gets impacted so much by the male the male pros and the the age groupers and for us to have a fair race when we're trying to earn a living and and stuff like that like and to take it forward you kind of have almost potentially got to segregate it off and so that's different and then I you know going back to what we were saying then I think you know the likes of social media has changed Absolutely. And not just in our sport, in, in every sport. Like yep, absolutely. Um, the accessibility that fans then now have, perhaps not from a person like a face-to-face in a race, but from the YouTube, the you know, the social media, the, the fact that athletes have to be more than just an athlete. They have to have a a brand, a YouTube channel, a TikTok channel, whatever it is, um, has then changed like you said, like, you know, podcasting and everyone has a podcast and stuff. And I, I still love the, the conversation. I think I would say you are one of the best in the business in triathlon. And then that comes from your media background as well. And you're always able to get a different story out of the person you're interviewing that you probably don't see if they have a YouTube channel, if they have an Instagram, whatever it is. And then, and I do feel it's important that we don't lose that. But instant fame, social media, be it age group or professionals, is very different these days. Different. And what people are doing, and so then for them, and yeah, and there's also you know people are getting pulled in a lot of different ways, perhaps, whereas a few years ago the podcast was a great way for them to have exposure and stuff but okay. now it's not needed it's through not social needed. Need, not needed but again I would say I I think the the best ones are still needed because of those conversations and you have those you know <laughs> no, again it comes across the same way but like I'm not the stuff that we spoke about earlier like that's really hard for me to put out on social media okay. but I will talk to you as a friend as a you know as a friend probably first so forget that it's being recorded um yeah, there's always a so danger of that always, there's always a danger <laughs> of that um so we still I still feel we need that but I I can see why and I and I think the other thing again with it going professional or more professional agents managers getting involved it's Hopefully. much harder to connect with the athlete because you have to go through an agent and a manager and maybe maybe don't see the value or you have no, the relationship that's exactly with the it 
you have the relationship with the athlete yourself, but you have to go through the manager now and they don't want anything to do with it or they yeah. think they're protecting the athlete in a, in this, that or the other. And yes, there's so many other podcasts and everyone's asking for time, but actually there are a lot of podcasts, but there's probably only a few that are yeah. actually decent at interviewing it, it, or yeah. conversation and having those those chats and stuff and that is, that is one thing that i'm I, not sure if we had, did we answer no, the question no, no, honestly sure. you've, well you've you've, Neither you've, of us. you've you've hit on something which um it's funny isn't it that if 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 i was still you know in my job if i was still in my job for bbc sport I think it would have got to the point that I wouldn't still be able to do the podcast. I have really have no idea how I was actually allowed to do it, but it's because podcasting didn't really, it didn't really exist that much. And the BBC definitely were not podcasting much yeah. when I was doing it. So like, you know, there was no conflict of interest, basically. There was no, that. I hope that came out clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at that, you know, if you say to someone, I'm from BBC Sport, no one's going to turn you pretty much not not very often, really not very often, unless you ask them at the very wrong time for an interview, like people will want to do that. So it's funny that if obviously I was still there, it'd be fine. Yes, you could get that person. No problems. It's BBC Sport. Whereas yeah. it's like, no, what? Shit little podcast. No. Um, one interesting one, Sid, which I think you'll like this. Um talking of agents that also reminds me very much of you know like the world of football and the world of rugby and all that kind of stuff however I tried for quite a while to get someone on the podcast and was constantly told no 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 uh they changed agents and uh I I then got a message going now might be a good time to get them on if you want oh really oh interesting (laughs) oh that's funny there we go thought you yeah. like that um so yeah. we're gonna wrap up soon so oh, because okay. i need my dinner oh gosh is there anything oh, yeah, else it's, drink, you... it's friday night drinks and time. oh i had loads to ask you oh, come on if there's anything else crack on if there's anything most else crack on most, most interviewed who's your most interviewed oh i haven't done a tally but i mean you're gonna be up there i had a, well, have you done a tally well, i was i was excluding myself i did oh, a, nikki i did i did a quick scan through and yeah. i there's quite a, there's a couple that have like got two two or so yeah. chats yeah I actually think Kat Matthews is your most possibly chatted to interviewed. Yeah, yeah. three times she's yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you remember your first? Uh, yep, uh, Sarah Crowley. <laughs> yes, very good. Second, Ruth Assel. Yes, very Third, good. Christian Blumenfeld, I think. Ooh. I don't have this in front of me. Fourth may well have been behind the scenes with British Triathlon. Third, I think that was your third. I think it was Cat, oh. Ruth, and then behind the scenes. There you go. I think from them. <laughs> um yes so that was um what else was it what if you went back and obviously we've just spoken about how things have changed and that's the thing what would would you do anything differently next time if you were starting I think if if I were to go no if I was starting again I don't I don't think I'd do anything differently I think I might have the balls to jump sooner from Mm -hmm. the other one which I didn't have yeah um I don't think I'd do it differently. You know, if uh, I always said I do it because I really enjoy it. I don't have a, I don't have a business to push. I don't, um, you know, I'm not, uh, there's a reason I'm not on YouTube. I don't, I'm really not 
bothered about my face being anywhere all that kind of stuff like I just that's not me I like telling stories I like giving people a platform I like hearing people's stories um and that's always been what it's about if time wasn't an issue there's so much more stuff I probably would do could do all that sort of thing but then you know I wouldn't have learned Welsh over the last two years I wouldn't do all the stuff I do with move I you know there's so much stuff that if I put any more time into the blooming podcast um well I don't think I'd have my dinner waiting for me downstairs (laughs) this is true all right so a a couple more quick questions off the back of that then and one I think you've kind of half answered it then looking back now and I'm just you know yes nine years but let's just the last sort of 200 or so episodes of Inside Try. Um, Have you achieved or got out of it what you wanted? Has it been successful in what you were hoping? I think so, because I'm still doing it. I just don't think I would have... I really, when I started Inside Try show, I, I... I didn't really know quite how long I'd be going for, to be honest. Mm. Would would anyone even listen? Is always the thing you think, oh God. So actually the fact that I've got this far, I'm pretty chuffed with that. Um, yeah. yeah, really proud, actually. Really, really proud. And I do think I have given, you know, a lot of people a, a platform. And I'd like to think that people feel, yeah, that they can relate to others and that, you know, it has maybe given them that little bit of extra confidence or anything like that. So, yeah, I've totally got I got loads out of it and more. I've made friends and that's yeah. I, I couldn't ask for more than that. That's amazing. And actually, I was I've now gone back with another question. Sorry, your dinner is going to have to wait a little bit longer. Sorry. Who is the one person that you never got on yeah. the, the show brownies. that the brownies. you wanted to? The brownies. 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 Okay. brownies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I I have interviewed them, so I don't feel I interviewed okay. them before London 2012, but, along with yeah. Stuart Hayes before they did the try before the try, like for for radio for for radio, yeah, for, for BBC radio. radio. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know yeah. if BBC Radio would have actually even used the interview because, quite honestly, <laughs> it was a London Olympics. There would have been a lot of other stuff going on. Triathlon might not have been top. Um, I don't know, but I did interview them. Yeah, it was pretty top at that point. They were going yeah. in with okay, so that was the one. Okay, that was one. Um. So yeah, what what is what what's next? What does the door you're going to have this time that is now available to fill with? I know other like what is the plan for next? Yep. What's next? So for... uh, I I want to be able to speak fluent Welsh. Yeah, that doesn't happen without a lot of work. Now, did did that? come about through the podcast or was that separate would you always have going to pick that because I know there was no a ch- the challenge of doing a Welsh yeah interview with the podcast Correct. but I wasn't but I'm not sure that was the that wasn't the driving force for why you wanted to start it. anyway you've obviously got no. Welsh, Welsh Welsh heritage family ties connections so that was more the driving wasn't it yeah you got it yeah. and this realization that uh so I was watching um the Giro d'Italia and the only place you could watch it was on the Welsh language tv channel and I and this was 2020 oh. and I was like this is ridiculous the only thing I can understand of this commentary are the numbers. I can't understand anything else. I grew up in this country. You know, we had to do Welsh at school, but not 
you know, we did not learn through the medium of Welsh. It's an English, you know, English, English education. We grew up very, very near the border, hated Welsh. But yeah, I had got to this point that I was like, that's ridiculous. Get on Duolingo. You speak French and Spanish. Get on it, Murray. Then we moved. Um, obviously, we moved back to North Wales. And then I started evening class in October of 2021 so still at this point I was just like right I, I just want to learn Welsh and I would have been happy just ticking along going every week to evening class I listened to attempted to listen to an episode of Now Out Out the Welsh Triathlon podcast put on Twitter I wonder how long it's going to take me to understand a whole episode because quite frankly I didn't understand a word and then off the back of that David said come on the podcast I was like, are you are you having a laugh? I literally don't speak a word of Welsh. And he was like, well, there's your challenge. I was like, right, go. you that give me, you give me a year and I will come on your podcast in Welsh. Okay. And then it's been, so I am so grateful to them for setting me that challenge yeah. because I still, you know, I still don't live in a very Welsh, I don't live in a Welsh speaking part of um, Wrexham. You don't hear it that much. Um but then having spent more time and like it's opened this kind of it sounds ridiculous to anyone who doesn't live here or anyone who's not in this situation. But it's opened this door into like heritage, culture, language that they never even knew existed. And it's it's just amazing. So all I want to do is get better at Welsh. Uh, I want to do more work for Moves Charity. And then I still want to have a bit of creativity in my life because I need it. Okay, and what's that going to maybe look? Or don't, know. don't know. Yet. Okay, don't know. I've started. I've started crocheting. Do you want to join that club? <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that, I will again. That was <laughs> one of mine again. Like, can't watch. I'm not meant to be watching TV. Can't look at screens. Like, what else do we do? And another friend had got a stress fracture, so she was on crutches, and we we're both kind of like everything we do as hobbies would. Well, for her, like if she can't train, she still wants to be outdoor and active. But obviously, she then she couldn't do that and. And I'm not meant to be looking at screens and doing stuff. It's like, so what, what do we do? And we're like, we both completely randomly bought each other a crochet set. Oh, I love um, this. So it's like that. And I also now, I also actually want to do, um, get that big, I'm showing Helen on the, the screen. Obviously no one else can see this. Um, the knitting with your arms. Uh, uh, I want to try, have you seen that? Like you no. get this, ma you get massive wool, but you use your arms as your knitting needles and you make like blankets and stuff. So that's the next thing like, oh, wow. I want to do. Wow. That's, yeah, 20, that's 20... my creative hobbies. Uh, yeah, I like this. Uh, what have you made, by the way? What have you crocheted? Um, have you done a scarf? I've, no, no, no. I've done little, I, I'm, I've used a brand that does starter kits for yeah. the crocheting, which yeah. is good. I don't, obviously not sponsored. It's not public. It's the, the Wooble. Is it okay. Wooble? Something like that. So I've done a pig um i've done a um a penguin you done a frog and a shark uh haven't done a shark yet okay. but i'm potentially to um i've just started an elephant get in um i've done a dragon that was pretty fucking hard i want the uh, dragon yeah so i've got a, i've got a, quite a few quite a few left to do i did i did get overexcited and stock up <laughs> this is great but it's funny because it's advertised though sorry it's advertised as like you know this is like um it's a de-stressing thing like you know obviously and I, it's not looking at screens and stuff stressful I, it's the first few times that like, i was texting my friend going this isn't fucking stress-free this is like so like i've got like 
I've lost, you know, and then, you know, the first time I've like, I've just had to take it all out and start again. And like the concentration of counting and making sure I'm looped in the right way. And I'm like, this is more stressful than like, this is meant to be a relaxing hobby. This is, this is not, but yeah, anyway, there you go. Maybe that's you. We did think about pottery as well. Um, My sister-in-law does a lot of pottery. Yeah. yeah. She's very good at it. Yeah. I, um, very well, easy to do at home, I want to join. Um, there's an amazing choir around here. Um, Ooh. and I'd like to join them, but not, I don't think it'll be next. I'm doing yeah. Roth. I don't know if you know that. I'm doing Roth next year. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see you in okay. Roth, Sid. Oh, exactly. Yeah. We'll so after Roth. after Roth. That's exciting. Then I'd like to do, yeah, um, yeah then I'm going to okay. join the choir. Very exciting. Oh, that's that's a good positive. Well, I mean, it's all been yeah. very positive, but that's a nice thing to to, to end on. Should we end on that? Yeah, see you in Roth next yeah. year, Sid. See you in Roth next year. Done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. There will be one more chance, by the way, for you to fill me in on what you are up to, what you've been up to. So if you do want a bit of a shout out, then you better get in touch ASAP. And if you sponsored the Dream Team for taking on The Rock for Move Charity, thank you is all I can say I can't really believe it actually but thank you to all the kind donations they have raised over 1500 pounds for move which is just brilliant so there is still a link to the just giving page over at insidetryshow.com forward slash links so if you can if you want to chuck a few quid into the pot that would be brilliant good news here I've taken the dog out for a walk on my own, which is great. I couldn't for a while because he's quite pulley. I'm trying to stop that. Um, And yeah, I I just wouldn't have been able to do it. But I have also been swimming a couple of times and I have done my first very gentle run back. This is all since emergency surgery for a burst appendix. (laughs) So yeah, it was such a good feeling, um, both getting in the water in the pool and it felt a bit weird, but, you know, really good at the same time. And also putting my trainers on for something other than a walk. I only did, what, 15 minutes of each, but I just, I can't tell you how good it was. There's that nice feeling of doing the stuff that you love. So hopefully it is onwards and upwards on that front. And I am actually really looking forward to just building up the training very, very gradually over the coming weeks and months. As for the podcast and all things Inside Tri Show, my goodness, well, it seems a bit mental, to be honest, that next week will be the last episode. I mean, you never know, there could be, there could be a one-off short series at some point down the line. I honestly don't know. But it is definitely time to say adios to the weekly podcast as it is. If you speak, if you speak Spanish, you'll notice that I said adios, not hasta luego, okay? <laughs> bit like au revoir not abianto um so yeah it is he's sad it's kind of end of an era all that stuff but at the same time it it is exciting because you don't really know until you stop something what else might come up and even without the podcast i i really still want to do a day a week of like creative stuff so whether that is podcasting or maybe producing someone else's or editing or writing or just like content creation in general so I don't know if you run a business and you want 
something like that, um, or you're in the market for a good freelancer with a day a week's availability and 20 years of experience in that field, I, yeah, I genuinely, you know where I am, get in touch. But yeah, next week will be a good celebration of all things Inside Tri Show with a very, very special person. So thank you again for all of the support. Thank you so much for listening. Stick with it. We've got that one more conversation to come next week. But in the meantime, happy racing, happy training. We will speak again and have a a big group hug if you're into that kind of thing next week. If you don't do hugs, just keep listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.